to Eye on Horror, the official podcast of iHorror.com. This is episode 47, otherwise known as season 3, episode 11. I am your host, James J. Edwards, and with me, as always, is your other host, Jacob Davison. How you doing, Jacob? Uh, Hanging in there, you know, uh, still uh, hanging out a lot at home uh, with everything going on. Yeah, what? It's that second wave, or well, depending on who you listen to. Yeah, the second half of the first wave because they opened too early. But yeah, I I feel you. Also with us again, as always, is your other other host, John Korea. How you doing, John? I'm pretty exhausted. If I'm going to be honest, I'm I'm very uh, I'm very sleepy, very tired. You're the one who really needs to stay home because you are in Georgia, one of the hot spots. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm not home at all. I'm on the other no, side of the country stay, now. Stay in that hotel room. <laughs> oh, I trust me. Yeah, I, I'm in I'm in southern Georgia, um, about an hour or so from Tallahassee, Florida, and about four hours south of Atlanta. Where they just don't care if you're sick or not. They're going to go and get a beer and go to a beach, right? I mean, it's... Well, that's definitely Florida's thing. But, like, here, it's... <laughs> yeah. It's like, I get it. Because um, I, I am out here with a TV show. And uh, I am one of the people that has spent the last few weeks making sure that we are doing everything we can to be safe. Uh, making sure we all have PPE, sanitizer, soap, all that. You know, above and beyond, we're trying to go. Uh, we got test all tested before we left. We got blood blood tested when we got here so it's 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 crazy uh it's a different world with production with it um and we're still figuring it out but yeah i'll be honest i brought my playstation down with me i (laughs) i just went out to a couple dollar generals today wearing my mask gloves and sanitizer all that fun shit got myself a bunch of movies so i'm i'm pretty good to not leave the hotel except for work from here out did they ostracize you? Did anyone give you trouble about wearing a mask? Did anybody say, like, take your mask off, you pussy? No. Um, I I did have some people ask because one of my masks, uh, my buddy made it. Um, he's, he, you can find his, his stuff for sale. It's He's called Instate. He made a mask and I bought it and it's got Sinead O'Connor on <laughs> SNL ripping the picture of the Pope. <laughs> so... I haven't gotten, like, stuff people being like, oh, fuck you for wearing a mask. But I have gotten, wait, what's that on your mask? And I tell them, and they go, oh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, different world down here. I guess I should really not wear my pentagram masks while I'm out and about. <laughs> that was my next question. Have you have you hit the pentagram mask on them yet? Have you dropped that one? Yes, actually, I have been wearing it. But what I have is I have this, um, like, face protector that's supposed to keep dust out of your face. And it's, like, really thin and black. So I just put that over it and it uh not only helps keep the mask on my head and covers my ears which is important because there's a lot of gnats out here but it does block the pentagram mask uh, design (laughs) so uh i did scare one person who asked me for money uh because i went hold on one second and i pulled down that front bit and i was like what and they're like uh i just need some money for gas oh so i don't have cash and she drove off real quick yeah so it's a so it's a nice little deterrent yeah, <laughs> that's one way to deal with them. Can I have some money? <laughs> Say it. <laughs> uh, what have uh, What have you guys been doing? What's been happening? There's there's really no new movies in theaters, but uh, what's been going on? I got my vinegar syndrome order, which w- is exciting. Um, the only thing I've dove into uh, with it is I got Taking Tiger Mountain. Are you guys familiar with Taking Tiger Mountain? Oh yeah, wasn't that Bill Paxton's first movie? 
Yeah, it is. And it's based off of a William S. Burroughs story. Yes. Well, loosely, but yeah, it, it's weird. You, if you read the synopsis, it says something like a draft dodger from World War Three gets <laughs> programmed as an assassin by a, a cabal of women or something like that. And you can't get any of that from watching the damn. I mean, you can get that he's an assassin that these women are sending to take out this military guy who owns tigers on a mountain. That's why it's called Tiger Mountain. Yeah. Not just a clever name, but you can't. I mean, it, it's. It's really, it's really artsy and it was shot, it's in black and white and they shot it with no sound. So all of the dialogue is overdubbed. So it kind of has the look of one of those, uh, I mean, the sound sync of one of those Italian giallos that they overdub in English where the language is almost, it's like that kind of lip syncing, but it's a really crazy movie. It reminds me of Cronenberg's um, Stereo, his first movie where it's just it's real artsy and real student filmy, but it, Vinegar Syndrome is a good label to put it out because it's borderline porn in places. It is like, like there is unsimulated oral sex in it. And then there's like, it makes you wonder if the other scenes are simulated, the other sex scenes are simulated or not. It's like, dude, it's like Bill, <laughs> you know? I know you need the money, but he, I guess was one of the producers. It was, he was the brain, him and two other guys were the brains behind it, but it's a, it's a pretty crazy movie. <laughs> it's a, now I have to ask the question cause I, I'm sure there's listeners wondering, but do you get to see Bill's Paxton? Yes, you do. <laughs> you do? Fuck, you why do. didn't anyone tell me this while they were having a sale? I would've, all you needed to say was Bill Paxton's penis is in this movie, and I will buy it. <laughs> Damn it. Unless, this was done in the early 80s. It was 1983. So I don't know if they would have done the digital effects on something this low budget to make it, you know, to, to put Bill Paxton's head on someone else's body, kind of a thing like they, like they did, like Lars von Trier did in um, Nymphomaniac. Um, so I would go, I would actually put money on now that's re- that's bill's real paxton well what ah. if they did like in uh in game of death when they just put like a paper cutout of bruce lee's face <laughs> over the guy's face when he looks in the mirror like did you think they did that with bill paxton's no. penis no because it was because it was definitely well maybe with the penis he'd be a, a cut out of the penis over it <laughs> but they didn't do it it's not a cut out of the face no color it's really bill doesn't paxton. match on this <laughs> well no it's a black and white it's really easy to match the color <laughs> It's a crazy movie, though. I mean, it's adding it it's to definitely, the list. It's definitely worth watching. Yeah, add it to the list. It definitely is just for the wow factor. It's kind of like it, it also kind of reminded me a little bit of of like a racer head in just how just kind of and, and maybe it's just, you know, first movies that are in black and white that it's reminding me of. So it's got a real clerks feel to it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not far off. I mean, it is kind of like that. Yeah, that that there is some verite. uh parts to it but yeah it's taking tiger mountain is that one and i also got the passings and um night owl but i haven't dug into those oh i i I watched night owl Uh, that was a part of my okay uh yeah that was pretty interesting it's kind of like a uh parallel to uh abel ferrara's the addiction it's a black and white vampire movie in the early 90s uh set in i think the east village and it's and it's also set during the uh house music scene uh, of that time and and it stars john leguizamo who's like this guy whose sister disappears and and he was and, and his sister was killed by this vampire who's been stalking the club scene and is kind of like a cat and mouse uh chase but like really gritty and and uh, also black and white. 
Is it a vampire movie, though? It is a vampire movie. Okay, I was under the impression it's a vampire movie, but it sounds like they kind of play that down a little then. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, like the guy, it's kind of like, I guess, Martin or something, you know, where it's like he, he uh, drinks blood, he stalks victims, but he doesn't really show any supernatural powers, although he uh, he claims to uh, be, like, centuries old or something. Uh, and, yeah, like, John Leguizamo is kind of the Van Helsing of the story, where he's, like, tracking down this vampire uh, to, to, well, he's, like, trying to find his sister. He doesn't know, like, his sister's been killed by the vampire. I mean, it's very slow burn, but but uh, it is just kind of interesting getting a glimpse of that kind of period in New York and that kind of vampire story from that time period. Does it leave the audience with the same feel that Martin does where um, it may not where he may not be a, a vampire? He may just be like this killer who's crazy. Or is it more definitive than that? Or don't spoil it if it's a spoiler. But uh, I think it's up to interpretation. Well, Martin is, too, I think. Too, yeah, so. well, you know, it's, it, there's a level of ambiguity. So, you know. Take it as you will. Uh, and funnily enough, I got another vampire movie from Vinegar Syndrome from the sale called uh, Pale Blood. That was <laughs> that's the exact opposite of Night Owl because it's a uh, glitzy neon soaked uh, Los Angeles based vampire movie. That's kind of like a neo noir, uh, and with one of my favorite uh, kind of. Uh, low budget genre actors Wings Hauser and it's like and it's very interesting because it's like it's about a vampire who's tracking down a serial killer who's impersonating a vampire and like making his killings look like the work of a vampire by biting victims on the neck and so like this vampire is tracking down uh, this vampire wannabe because he's bringing all this attention to vampires so he has to like figure out who the killer is and stop him before like he kind of uh, gets people after vampires now is uh, Wings Howard the vampire? Uh, no, no. He plays kind of a sleazy photographer. Uh, it's a uh, George Chakiris plays uh, the vampire detective named Michael Fury. Michael Fury, like like F U R Y. Yes, like Nick Fury. <laughs> yes, <Nice>. yes. So, <laughs> it, so it, I watched them back to back. So it was kind of a pretty interesting contrast because yeah, the, you got this. Uh, early 90s Los Angeles based vampire movie it's like all neon soaked very Michael Mannish and uh, and stylized and then you got uh, Night Owl which is very gritty and black and white and set in New, set in New York so it's <laughs> real coast to coast differences see this is the worst thing that I think about these type of sales is because I spend so much money and then afterwards I hear about movies that I didn't get and I'm like, fuck. I know. <laughs> Should have just gotten a few more. Yeah, I wish I had known about that one at the time too. I did. I it glossed right over me. I mean, I miss. I missed out on Bill Paxton's penis and a detective yeah. vampire, like or vampire <laughs> detective. Like, come on. Sad. Wait, is he a vampire detective or a detective vampire? Which is first? <laughs> well, speaking of these sales, either of you guys have any luck with Severin? Uh, funny you mentioned that. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Severin, if, if, if any of you, I mean, and th this, it'll hopefully be resolved by the time you're all here in this, but Severin did their uh, mid-year sale and um, they got supposedly attacked with a DDoS attack, which I can kind of buy that. I don't know who Severin would piss off enough to want to do that, but um a DDoS attack basically is just millions of pings that kill the site. So I guess it could be 
just a bunch of customers trying to refresh, try to try to get in there to get that Al Adamson set. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but it it's a it, it's a mess though because they they postponed it and now they don't know when it's going to be back up and they're taking orders via email. Yeah, well, I mean that's the thing. The sale technically is still going. You just got to send them an email. Yeah. And uh, like I said, funny you mentioned that because uh, <laughs> me and John were kind of uh, were on the phone like in kind of DefCon one uh, the other night uh, trying. <laughs> To place our orders like uh, oh dude it's still loading what how's it going on your end you know it's like one of it's like it's like a political thriller well and also usually with these sales because they're they're all east coast based labels uh it's great for us because we're on the west coast so it's like oh nine o'clock that's awesome i was up till fucking 2 a.m because i'm in georgia now and i couldn't sleep anyways i actually forgot and then all of a sudden i was like oh it's 1205 oh i should try to get that Fulci set and then like you know two hours of that um but i, I was able to get the uh Fulci with rice set so it's the three movies and the two t-shirts same uh, here so i was i was was very happy about that. Again, so that you guys were night. able to order? Yeah, yeah. Like it took uh, time and dedication. Yeah, we had to go back. Like <laughs> I said, we were on the phone, so we were going back and forth trying to figure out like tricks to uh, get past the system. So it's kind of like hackers. Except we weren't <laughs> hacking. We were not hacking. No, 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 no hacking. I, I just saw someone gave a little tip uh, once you got to check out with your items uh, on how to get it to go through. That was about it. But uh, no, nothing bad, but I sent another email with a few other items. The the thing that's upsetting me the most is these things happen. Uh, I mean, with boutique titles, I don't think anyone, at least in this room, or anyone listening hasn't had a time when there was like a mid-year sale or a Black Friday sale where the site didn't crash. Um, for a lot of different labels, it's happened with Vinegar Syndrome. I've seen before. It's happened with Severin before. I feel like it happens to Severin every time, though, doesn't it? And, and, and you usually a little bit more but here's the thing like these are all independent labels you know they don't have a lot of uh backing like you know a big site so like obviously amazon's not going to crash or you know and or like stuff like that shout factory is not going to crash no yeah but they have other issues uh <laughs> <laughs> but Burn. but and that's i as someone who's a big shout and scream factory fan uh, it's nothing with love with that statement but um <laughs> but the thing that's upsetting me the most is like it's like i could I completely understand being upset, not being able to get the item that you want, not having that guarantee that it's coming in. But God damn, was did the did the fan community get toxic? Like, yes. yeah, very, very like people were like, oh, I'm trying to give you my, my money. This is indicative of your quality of your stuff and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, first of all, no one else is going to put out these titles. Like, why are yeah. you coming? It, it's not like. I know there's other companies, I'm not going to say names, but there's other companies that have promised to put out, you know, great restorations and titles and stuff and then just never deliver and never give people their money back. But Severin's, they're good people that just, you know, got caught up in a really bad situation. Yeah, the craziest is like the people who would make, who would like, who were writing like essays like, oh, I'm never going to give you my money again. I'll never buy another Severin movie again. And, you know, it's like there, there are far more reaching problems in the world right now to be that mad about a Blu-ray sale. You know, it's, 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 it's annoying, but it's not like Severin is purposely, Oh, we're going to take this, the site down. See many people were pissed off. Everybody's on the same team. Severin wants to sell you stuff. You want to buy stuff. You know, I mean, 
sure, this is unfortunate, but I mean, lay off them. I mean, I know you're mad, but your target should not be Severn. They're trying to fix it as much as you want it fixed. And they're doing everything they can. Like, they're taking orders by email. They said that they're freeing <laughs> yeah. up and making more, uh, like, non-numbered copies of stuff that, you know, like, I think it was Frankie and Pals was the only yeah, thing that Frankie sold out during the clusterfuck. And um, I would not want to be the person who has to process those email orders, though. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that is so much work that they're taking on. Like they're doing everything to help people. That's why I I sent one email. Yeah, so like, like, and and they're producing more stuff. They're like, they're gonna, they're trying to do as much as they can without like going bankrupt and making it up because they they're just like us. They're fans. They love these movies too. I mean, Jacob and I always go to the Severin booth at conventions and always chat them up, and they're some of the nicest people. Yeah, that was the thing, like, you know, because of the pandemic, we were uh, sad that we couldn't, you know, vi- go, you know, go to the booth at like Monster Palooza or something this year, because because, yeah, they're like, we always hang out at the Severn booth and with the uh, cardboard cutout of Jess Franco. I like Severn because whenever um, when I was doing my Cinema Furite column on Film Fracture, uh, Severn would they would put out a bunch of stuff that I would do for my column and they would take pull quotes from me nice. for um for a lot of their advertising and i think i i want a copy of J- their jack the ripper because i think a pull quote of mine from jack the ripper is on the actual uh is on the actual blu-ray cover not just they they use pull quotes of mine all the time for like like kathy's curse and uh the boys next door you know just on their internet you know like here's what people are saying like on the website but i think one of them actually made uh, the cover for Jack the Ripper. So I wanted a copy of that at some point. I know I missed out on. I didn't know that they used my pull quote in time to get a slip cover, but mm. uh, you should get a copy <laughs> of that because that movie is crazy. Oh, I love it. I mean, I, I I wrote about it, and I do, and I do got to uh, compliment Severn that they put out a real good spread for the mid year sale. Like uh, we were talking about before, like the, they got a whole bunch of Fulci movies this time. It, like some of his lesser known stuff, and also uh, a new b- a movie about Fulci, because uh, they got um, Fulci for Fake, which is an Italian kind of pseudo mockumentary about an actor who's going to be in a fake Fulci biopic. So he interviews like all of Fulci's friends and family to kind of get into his head. And I saw it at Chattanooga Film Festival, and it was a very uh, emotional and powerful movie that, you know, because like, uh, we, you know, as, as fans of Fulci, you know, it's like, it's always about all oh, the gore and like the craziness and the zombies and stuff. But, you know, it is interesting going to his background because like it just seems uh, that he drew a lot from internal pain and uh, turmoil. And, you know, it's like, you know, because it's easy to think of uh, people in in this industry is not necessarily one dimensional but uh you know it's it's easy to forget that there are just so many layers to somebody like that so it it was one of my favorites uh from the festival i'm very interested to see to watch it on blu-ray especially with all the additional footage um and they released a couple of uh Fulci's, uh quote-unquote lesser or later movies including a personal favorite of mine enigma which uh, is basic, which I like to think of as Fulci's take on Carrie, because it's about uh, these, like this all-girl school and like the mean girls pull a prank and put this unpopular girl into a coma, and while she's in the coma, she has like psychic powers or something, and she starts 
taking them out one by one. And there's one batshit scene where she psychically controls uh, like hundreds of snails to attack somebody, and it's 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 something. <laughs> it's it's so it's so it's it's Carrie meets Patrick. Uh, pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> yes, and the third one, which I haven't even seen, but I I really want to see it now. Uh, is called Demonia. And it's it's like a nunsploitation movie that Fulci did in the late '80s. Uh, I think it's like it's about these archaeologists going to like this uh, derelict uh, nunnery in northern Italy or something, and it's cursed because like the nuns were possessed by demons, or like there was a nun witch. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure on all the plot details, but it's got like demon nuns, so. You know, I'm I, I'm sold already. I was about to say you're you're just shower that on me. I just <laughs> I, I want that. I want to be showered in that description. Just, yes, you had me at Fulci doing nunsploitation. Uh. <laughs> it's a winning combination. Have either of you guys seen? Um, it, it's weird. It's it's called the Dark Recut. Are you guys familiar with this? Uh, not really. Okay, the Dark is that uh, that 1979 movie that um, Toby Hooper was fired from, oh, like a yeah. week into production, and then uh, John Bud Cardos finished the movie, and then the studio stepped in, and because Star Wars and Alien and all this other stuff was going on, they made it's basically it's about uh, it's about an alien werewolf who shoots lasers from his eyes, stalking the streets of Los Angeles, and. It yes. is, yeah. It is no. It seriously, it is a crazy movie, and somebody recut it using it, basically trying to get it closer toward Hooper's original uh, vision, which is more. It, it's less on the sci-fi side, and it's more on the just you know, there's a serial killer out here, and then it's kind of revealed that it's this. I mean, and he's still like werewolf who shoots lasers out of his eyes. He's he's still like ten feet tall. Um, <laughs> But then, but it's crazy because they take all the sci-fi elements out. Not all of them, though, because during the final battle, where in in the one that we've seen up until now, this werewolf oh, is shooting everything yes. with his eye lasers, blowing shit up left and right. He still does that once, just once. So it's enough for you to go, wait a minute, is this werewolf from space or not? Because he sh- he basically lifts a cop up with his eye lasers and blows him up, and you're like, okay, that came out of nowhere. Oh yeah, no, dude. I love the dark. I actually got the Blu-ray from. I do too. I love the. I got the Blu-ray from Code Red. I've seen it play at the New Beverly like once or twice, and yeah, just I love that finale because it's like the entire LAPD fighting the alien werewolf <laughs> laser eyes in like an abandoned monastery or something, and just shits blowing up and. Uh, and I love and I love the story behind it because it is so crazy, you know, that they had Toby Hooper on, and the original story was basic, and it was uh, was also more in line with kind of Toby Hooper's work because it was about like this uh, family, like they had this uh, like adult with psychic powers that they kept locked up in the attic, and he was like a wild man, and then there's like a fire, and uh, during the during the blaze, most of the family dies, and like the. Uh, crazy like mutant son with psychic powers or something escapes the attic and starts rampaging through the city and yeah then star wars happened and they just think okay star wars big so we got to get in on that what's what do people love about star wars the lasers so all we got to (laughs) do is we just got to add a bunch of lasers to this movie it's so crazy but okay i mean as a fan of the dark it's on vimeo you can find it on Vimeo. Oh. I was about to say, where can I watch this fucking thing? Yes. The Dark Recut. It's it's on Vimeo for free, and I'm not sure about the legalities of it, so you guys might want to 
not wait too long before it gets taken down. Listen, I'm not leaving my hotel room anytime soon, so I have time today. <laughs> but yeah, go to Vimeo, and I think if you just search the dark recut, you'll find it. it. It looks great. Whoever recut it, I don't know what elements they used, but it looks really good, and it's it's a different it's a different the dark. <laughs> it really is. Have you guys seen um, Scream Queen? My Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, not yet, although it's on my watch list on Shutter. Yeah, it's on Shutter. I need to get to it. I can't recommend it enough. It's it's a fantastic uh, telling. Not it, I love really great. I like documentaries when they talk not only talk about this one person's life, but you get a better understanding of what that time was like. Because the story of Mike Patton is very very interesting. Like that guy was on the verge of like blowing up. And a lot of people are like, oh, and there's all the stuff with Nightmare on Elm Street 2 that people think like destroyed his career and all that. But he kind of just walked away. And that's because he was, you know, a gay man in Los Angeles in the 80s. And the AIDS epidemic was happening and just going into they they went really in depth with that. What he's been a little bit about what he's been doing since then. But then there's also kind of this uh, redemption story where the movie ends with him. Him confronting the writer of Nightmare on Elm Street 2 because for years the writer of Elm Street 2 said oh it, I didn't write it that way it's only because Mike's gay that it came off like that and basically put all the blame on that movie not being liked on him and he's like come Jeez. on it's like you can't do that you can't you you essentially told every basically made it so that I couldn't get work like his agent stone like yeah you can lead a movie but you, you have to be a, a character actor because you can't play straight and it's like no I was just doing what they were telling me to do I was doing the writing material and stuff it's it's really insane just like how like how in depth that documentary gets with it gotcha uh and in terms of new acquisitions of uh, something I wanted to share uh I just got the uh Giver blu-ray from uh diabolic dvd uh for a long time like there wasn't a north american release but uh recently arrow uh did a release for canada which is region a so it still works here so i just had to get it through diabolic uh and this is one that i hold kind of dear because like i was a big fan of this movie when i was a kid like i'd watch it it played a lot on the sci-fi channel or usa network and stuff and uh it is always funny to revisit something you liked as a kid uh see if it holds up and you know it it holds up in some places in other spots not so much it it is very cheesy like ultra mega cheesy like you know there's just so much weird comedy bits and like awkward awkward moments but although the real uh uh bits that shine out are the special effects because it it was actually directed by the duo of screaming mad george and steve wang so like there are some outstanding practical effects in this movie between the monsters and the transformation sequences and it's really funny too because you know it was produced by brian yuzna so there's like a lot of body horror stuff and like uh there's a lot of reanimator 
uh, cast members who pop up. Like you got uh, Jeffrey Combs, David Gale, and uh, Michael Berryman has a prominent role as like one of the chief bad guys. So that that's always cool. Oh, and, and of course, Mark Hamill's in it. Uh, I was about to say, is it Mark Hamill in it? Yeah, although he's not the star. Although he he's like a supporting character, and there is any and he does get to do a big body horror scene where he gets turned into like a cockroach man. So it's pretty crazy, and uh, and this is actually based off of a Japanese anime and manga. So like, I'm not sure if it's the first American attempt on something like that, but uh, you know, for its time, it was a pretty decent effort. Uh, and then I decided to follow up because there's an actual there's actually a sequel called Giver Dark Fate, uh, which sadly does not have a, a, like a physical release outside of like a DVD from a number of years back, but it is free to stream on Vudu with commercials. And it's, I gotta say, it's, it's, it is better in a lot of ways. Uh, in that, uh, the action is a lot, is, is a lot cooler. Like it's, uh, like the tone is more even, like it's not as goofy. Uh, Practical effects are still pretty cool, although the the sequel definitely has a lower budget. But yeah, like that one was just rigged by Steve Wang, but uh, it's pretty cool. And yeah, the lead and the lead is David Hayter, who who uh, replaces the lead from the first movie. And David Hayter is the guy who did the voice of Solid Snake for a number of years. He wrote the X Men and X Men Two movies, so uh, it's an interesting career. So uh, Arrow Video, if you're hearing this. Please uh, give a physical release to Giver Dark Fade because I mean you know just like it goes hand in hand. Also, like I gotta compliment Arrow because the uh, slip cover for Giver is really cool. Like it's got this uh, uh, like it's like a lithograph. I think it's like a lithograph. Like is like the lightning bol- uh, the lightning bolts on the front cover kind of shine. So like always appreciate a good Arrow release. Nice holographics. Yeah. Cover. Very 90s. I do have to say, uh, nothing can top that rad holographic. Yes. of cover. I watched that the night before I left. Oh my God, it is rad incredible. Yes, peak 80s sports movie. I've had a lot of bad luck recently with movies that I was super excited to finally own and watch and like them just not like working for me or just not like clicking with me well and being like, okay, I see the merits behind it, but... I don't know if I'll watch it again. Rad, though. Rad blew it out of the fucking water. Yeah. That release is great. It's not horror, so I'm not going to go super into how obsessed I am with Rad, but I have been listening to that soundtrack almost nonstop. So. Yes, and and uh, <laughs> this is a little segue that... Uh, having, like I just, re- I just watched Rad for the first time because of that Blu-ray, and I realized... And- I realized that 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 theme song, you know, uh, thunder in your heart, uh, like that, do, 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 do. And, and your you heart is like lightning, like that. Like I didn't know that that uh, that that song was also used in Turbo Kid. Holy shit! Yeah, it yeah. was. Because like uh. they, I think they said, I think they said it was like an inspiration because uh, all the characters ride BMX bikes in that movie too. Yeah, it made me want to find a copy of BMX Bandits, which, good luck to me on that one. Oh, is that out of print? Uh, yeah, Severin's uh, release of it is. I might have ah, to import dang. from Australia. We'll see. Is BMX Bandits the one that has Nicole Kidman in it? Yep. Okay, cool. And in terms of other movie watching, and speaking of Australia, good segue, uh, I <laughs> went... Very I, smooth, very smooth segue. <laughs> <laughs> like butter. <laughs> 
Anywho, uh, I I was at the drive-in the other day because uh, the American Cinematheque and Beyond Fest have teamed up with uh, the local drive-in, the Mission Tiki, in order to do weekly double features every Thursday. And uh, their first uh, double feature was Mad Max Fury Road and Death Race 2000. Now, I, I, I said earlier to not be mad at independent companies, but I am very angry at American Cinematheque and Beyond Fest for scheduling a double feature of two of my favorite movies of all time the day I leave the fucking state. You jerks. So sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well. But how was it? Hopefully it'll be continuing when you come back. But oh, my God, it was amazing. Like, it was some of the most fun I've had in months. Like, uh, you know, just it, it's just great. You know, it, it's a bit of a trek because it's like 45 miles away. And now that the state's reopening, traffic is picking up again, which is. Mm. But anyway, uh yeah, it was a fun as hell screening, and they even had an intro by George Miller, who uh, wasn't long, but he basically said, he, you know, he appreciated that we were screening the movie, and he was talking about his own youth going to the drive-ins as a kid, and how uh, in Australia, uh, they would honk their horns and flash their lights as kind of a form of applause while watching the movies, so we did the same, and uh, <laughs> so basically during the big scenes, you know, like uh, the big... Uh, like the big chase scenes or something, something climactic would happen. We'd honk our horns and flash our lights, and so it, was, it just really felt like being in a crowd again, which was just such an amazing feeling. And I've seen Mad Max in IMAX, 3D, uh, black and chrome edition, uh, but seeing it at a drive-in in a car with surrounded by all the other all these other cars, and also there were a few kind of uh, waste, uh, Wastelanders uh, cosplaying as Mad Max uh, characters. Uh, so it just, it, re- it really felt immersive. And, you know, and Death Race 2000, of course, uh, was a lot of fun, too, and uh, a real perfect double double bill. Um, <laughs> and it is all the, all the stuff of... Uh, with David Carradine and Sylvester Stallone was cool, and yeah, and and the uh, Roger Corman socio political satire sadly was all too relevant. Like the stuff about uh, the great TV uh, leader, Mister President. You know? uh, <laughs> that's his name. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. The le- the leader of the country is Mister President, who only appears on TV. And but yeah, and and but yeah, the the car stunts still are just so impressive. Uh, today and there's so many genuinely badass moments like in the very beginning of the race when they drop the thing where he drops his glove and just yeah. circles back and runs over the priest yes it's so good Ugh. yeah no and uh, again with the social relevance like the whole thing like uh the uh the old must be sacrificed for the economy like the the old are worth more points <laughs> oh god uh not that that's that that hits a little too close to home yeah well, going uh, on, doesn't it? between yeah. that and fury road you know the whole important joe stuff uh but yeah no just uh, both those movies were uh, just worked so well together though on a double feature and also i already got my ticket next week because they're doing jaws and tremors for fourth of july weekend oh my gosh yeah that is a double feature right there yeah Let's uh, let's seg into what our topic is, which relates. This is a perfect segue, actually, because we want to talk about basically it. 
supposedly the states are reopening, but I foresee closures coming back up again because Mm -hmm. cases are, I I think they did it a little too early in my opinion. But anyway, same. there are ways that you can still see new movies. And I think we were, we've been talking about drive-ins for for weeks because you know with like the wretched and uh the kelly gang and now with these you know this series but there these are the ways that i mean i don't i don't want to say it's going to become the new normal because there's nothing like sitting in a crowded theater i mean perfect example is hereditary i saw a press screening of it and then i went back opening night to see that scene and yeah. seen it knows the scene with a packed house just because i love to feel the energy and the paranormal activity movies are another one i would always see those on opening night because there's an electricity in the room that comes from being elbow to elbow with people and that's something we're missing right now but it doesn't mean that we have to forego seeing new movies you know drive-ins are one great way and you know like jake i I think a lot of of what jacob's talk about is people being cooped up and they all just when they do get out and they do get even though they're in another car it's a party like he says flashing your lights and honking your horn i mean it's a communal thing which is what cinema should be you know i mean that that's we're gonna have to find ways to do it like that i think i mean that's that's what it's all about i you know we're we're huge like you were saying we're all huge cinema guys we're i i can't think of an episode up until quarantine where it wasn't oh we were at the egyptian for this one screening whether it's an old movie or their opening night and i you know i used to manage and work at movie theaters all throughout college and i it's it's kind of like that weird stigma that used to be it's like oh you're going to the movies by yourself it's a it's a gathering place it's a shared experience that the entire audit you go through this with people if it's if it's a good movie you went through it you survived you came out the other side you you were shown this whole world together it's a whether you talk with other people about it or not you shared that with an audience full of people and my god as are we on track with opening stuff up too early to kind of ruin that forever because what is it uh regal's starting to open up amc's are starting to open up on july 15th is what is when they say it's happening and also like Cinemark as well. But that, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that gets pushed though, because with the cases spiking where they've opened restaurants, it's... Yeah, Kate, yeah, that's the thing. The curve is not going down and it's not flattening anymore. And they're talking about opening at 30% capacity, which is basically every seat around you empty. You know, they're going to give you a seat buffer. But even that, it's like you're you're in the lobby with other people and they say they're going to require masks until you get to your seat okay well now they do (laughs) amc didn't say that at first (laughs) yeah amc initially said no you don't have to wear masks or you you know you won't have to we they don't want to make it political it's not political at this point it's medical yeah but okay yeah we 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 don't want to get into this don't get us started (laughs) yeah stay on point and the thing is it's it's also it's it's one thing for somebody who's going to go into a theater for a couple hours watch a movie and go home People and Jacob can, you know, relate to this. The people who have to work there for eight, nine hours at a time, those are the people who are going to be exposed to hundreds, if not thousands, depending on how popular the movies are. Actually, at 30% capacity, probably not thousands. But you're going to be exposed to a lot of different people. And all it takes is one to be a carrier. Yeah. I mean, as much as I want movies to come back, I I, I kind of hope they do push this July 15th, <laughs> you know, just for for people's sake because i am happy that they're that they didn't push a quiet place to direct to video because 
the a quiet place is one of my favorite cinematic experiences too because it's like a packed theater completely silent yeah (laughs) i remember seeing the first one and you could hear a pin drop yeah you people were upset that that they didn't want to eat their popcorn because the crunching was too loud because it was and and i'm so i'm i'm glad that I want to experience that with A Quiet Place too, So I'm happy that they haven't gone direct to video with that one. Um, but And also, like, Chris Nolan's not going to put Tenet to direct to video. You know, that's not going to nope. happen. <laughs> Can I say, I, I this is, this is going to, might sound a bit strong, but I lost a bit of respect for Christopher Nolan this year because apparently, like, Warner Brothers, uh, it's like the words, the word has, like, come out that the main reason why Warner Brothers has been so adamant about keeping Tenet in July is be, is at Christopher Nolan's request. Like, they're willing to push it off, but he wants that July release, and that, that angers me a lot because, again, we're, we're not there yet. And even if theaters do open at 30% capacity and all that, if you take away the whole medical and the fact that we're in a fucking pandemic and people are dying, theaters can't run off that. They make all their money on concessions. So if them opening up at like 30% and stuff, that's not going to, that's not a sustainable model. How theaters have been run for the last 20 or so years is not a sustainable model. And doing it at this is putting an even bigger uh, strain on that. So we're, I think we're going to see a lot more damage done before this is, because this is far from over. The matter is like, how do we, uh, or, or what do we do in the time being? And uh, like I've been talking about, uh, the drive-in has been a fun place to go to see movies. And uh, I'm glad that uh, drive-ins have been kind of reopening and there have been uh, a lot of retro screenings too. Like I actually uh, have some friends back in Massachusetts who've been going to uh, Cape Cod and uh, I forget some of the other areas, but there are a few drive-ins there. And like uh, a friend of mine just saw Jurassic Park and Indiana Jones, you know, the, and there and like we've been talking about, there have been new movies too, like Becky the and Wretched and uh, a new movie that just came out that's got a drive-in release followed uh, that I reviewed also just came out. And uh, like a lot of, yeah, indie horror stuff is topping the box office because uh, aren't a whole lot of options. So, you know, like, and, you know, I'm hoping more drive-ins open up and, uh, you know, like in cities like Los Angeles, you know, I'm hoping, you know, they open something up within the, within the city limits. Um, so, and yeah, no, the, and the drive-in has proven to be pretty safe, you know, like they require masks on. If you go to concessions, they, uh, wash the areas, you know, people keep their distance. Everybody's wearing their masks. So, um, yeah, for, for the time being, if I want to go out to see a movie on a, on a big screen, you know, the drive-in's uh, my best bet. And that's that community feeling that, that you miss yeah, yeah. watching something at home. Because also they've got these theater-at-home experiences where they're releasing things, you know, directly for rental. And they're, I mean, they're expensive. They're like 20 bucks for rental. But if you think about it, if you get, if you have a family of four, it would cost you more than that to go to a theater. Yeah. So if you're, you know, I mean, they did that with Invisible Man, although Invisible Man and The Hunt did catch the tail end. So they did get to go to theaters. But, um, you know, I think Universal is the big one because Emma, they also did that with. But others, you know, Trolls World Tour, they're launching these to, uh, yeah, Scoob is another one. Yeah. They're launching these. And so they're, they're like VOD rentals. And, I mean, you can still kind of get the community because people will, they'll set up scheduled times. They'll say, hey, everyone, we're going to watch Scoob at, you know, 7 p.m. Let's hit Twitter with the hashtag. Yeah. And and it's not just for new releases. Like, you'll see um, 
I think it's every Friday night. I've been seeing like um, Fright Rags has been joined in. So I think is it called Terror Tweets? That that's how I see them because I follow Fright Rag on Twitter. Fright Rags on Twitter, but they're I guess someone's organizing it where you can tweet along with movies. You know. And these are common movies. They're doing like a Nightmare on Elm Street and Terror Train, you know, that everybody either has or they're easy to find. So you can still get a little bit of the community experience by doing that. I think also they've been doing, I think it's Lionsgate has been doing like Flashback Fridays or something where they've been like showing like uh, John Wick for free on Fridays, you know, and other movies that they have under their repertoire like that, which that's great. Uh, But... We we need to take it serious as a as a country. The curve's not flat. Florida opened up all their restaurants and bars, and within a few days, uh, what is it now? They're res- they're banning bars from being able to serve booze serve on the alcohol. premise because what? people weren't taking it serious. <laughs> like you can take it to go. I actually did that last night. We went out for dinner, and I went and got a mixed drink next door and took it out with me. And I was like, "So I can wow. take it to go? Does that mean I can? Does that mean I can drink it while walking down the street? Is anyone gonna stop? I did not do anything illegal, everybody." Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> I know I'm that's illegal admitting. in California, but how is it in Georgia? Is it still illegal in Georgia? No, that was in Georgia. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. That's what I'm asking. I mean, it, it's illegal in California. Is it illegal in Georgia, too? I, I mean, normally. I, I don't know. Uh, okay. I didn't get in trouble, so I'm gonna. I'm, I'm definitely not going to do it again. Uh, yeah. I'm not They're either even, looking the other way or it's legal. <laughs> that was that was my one night to go out. That was stressful, going to a restaurant. Even though we had like an entire section to ourselves, it was just like wearing my mask until, all right, here comes the food take off my mask, eat my food, put it back on. Great. Now my mask smells like fries. All right. We're going to deal with this all day. So I saw that someone did a study. Um, and I don't know how they got all this information because it seems like it would be private, but, um, they correlated credit card spending at restaurants with the spike in COVID cases. They, they basically found out the areas where people are spending more money at restaurants. They correlate to where there are the biggest spikes in new cases, Oh wow! Um, which is really interesting because a lot of people were saying, oh, it's from all this protesting. It's like, first of all, the protesters, nope. they're wearing masks because a they, they want to be anonymous, <laughs> but also the protesters, they're they're outdoors, they're distancing and they're wearing masks in a restaurant. You know, you have to take the mask off, like you said, to eat, you know, or in a bar. And I've driven by a couple of restaurants where they have um, like the patio will be open and I'll, I'll see the people out there. First of all, no one's wearing masks because they're all eating and drinking and they're not distancing either. They've got every table packed. It's like, no, that's no, 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 no. That's what we're trying to avoid. If it, and that's the thing, cause it's been enough time of these protests going on that we can't, that we do have some data on if there would be these like major spikes because there's you know tens of thousands of people protesting you would be seeing these massive spikes especially in uh, cities from during that time but you're not seeing it with that you're seeing it in places that have reopened yes uh, you're yep. seeing it happen in you know I mean don't get me wrong LA is going up really quick right now too because everything started opening and it's just like come on we, we've done so much work there's so many people that are like me and jacob who have been out of work for months and Mm. reopening stuff before things are good to go or are even somewhat safe or there's enough protocol or everyone abiding by it is undoing all this work and it's just going to keep people like us on i'm i lucked out with this uh gig that i'm working on right now 
in just the financial uh, uh, portion that I'm working again, which is not which is fine. But God, the the hoops and everything we have to jump through to make sure everything is safe, and it's still not guaranteed. I don't know. I can't control what my crew does outside of work. I can't. That's just that's not. I'm, and I'm and I can, and I'm not going to because they're they're adults. I I can only give them the, all the information and all the PPE I can give them, but it's up to them to make that choice. Same with the cast. I can't. We can't control what they do, but we have. But that's. But we also all signed up for this. You know, for this job. So at the end of the day, it's it is what it is. But all that works that we've done over the last few months of trying to curve this thing is being undone. And honestly, we didn't even do enough. <laughs> Yeah, some of us, some of us sacrificed a lot for this, and yeah, it's getting undone. And another thing that is has been happening to bring it back to movies because we gotta go on this tangent, but which yeah, I knew sorry. we would. <laughs> when we start talking about this, I knew we would because all three of us feel real strongly about it. Um, another thing that is happening is uh, there have been like digital film festivals. Like um, I know South by did this, Chattanooga, Chattanooga did film it. Festival. Um, they they're putting it all online which is actually kind of cool because more people can see it, but also they, they're doing it at a certain time still. So they're saying here, you know, you have this weekend to watch these movies. So there's still some of that community because people are tweeting about them. People are still discussing them, but they're not having to go, you know, you don't have to fight anybody to get tickets to the hot, you know, screening in town. And I've seen indie theaters also do this with just new releases where, um, I forget the, the platform that's doing it, but basically you can you can rent a new movie and it'll be some little indie and if you go through a link from a certain theater like the one here in town is the digital gym uh but you know you could do it for any i mean in town when i say in town i mean san diego because i'm a little further south than these guys but you basically you go there and then the digital gym gets a cut of that ticket sale because you know they're out of work too you know you're trying to keep your indie theaters afloat as well um but it Basically, everybody across the country can watch this indie movie and their local theater gets a cut of the sales. So it's that that's kind of rallying around your rallying around your film community as well, because you're able to, you know, help out your you're able to see a movie and help out your local theater, too. So that's another way that you can see, you know, you're not just relegated to what is in your voodoo collection or, you know, what's streaming on Netflix you know yeah. there's other things to do and if you do go out be nice to the people working they they <laughs> yeah, are dealing with yes. so much um, oh my gosh be nice to the places that you're ordering stuff from online uh, yes. except Amazon you can be an asshole to Amazon <laughs> I am yeah we don't care much for Jeff Bezos I'll be cool to Amazon because they get my dog's food to me on time oh. I'm totally cool with Amazon <laughs> I'm, I'm a nice Karen to Amazon I go I go full on can I speak to your supervisor i'm getting frustrated <laughs> and you don't get paid enough to deal with people at my level of frustration right now um <laughs> but be nice you know because um there's a lot of stuff that's going there's a lot of positive stuff going on i'm loving seeing people going out there and supporting black owned bookstores online that's phenomenal but those same people are now bombarding them with messages and stuff going where the fuck's my books and blah 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 blah. listen these places can't do two-day shipping amazon can do it but they can't it's going to take a little bit of time. And if everyone's ordering the same five titles, they need to restock. Things take time. It's going to take a little bit longer. And that's okay, guys. Severin Psych went down. That's okay. They're doing everything they can to get everything back up. We're going to be fine. If, with 
when it comes to us getting books and movies. Just relax. Yeah. Uh, and something else I've been thinking about doing is getting a projector for my apartment because uh, I got a big wall in the living room. So I figure, you know, I can set up uh, like a digital projector and project my own movies. Yeah. Do it up. Is the wall that you ha- that you're going to project on opposite a window so your neighbors can kind of like look into? Nope. It's all for me <laughs> and my roommates. It's all for you. <laughs> They got to pay. Especially if you're going to watch the <laughs> taking of Tiger Mountain, you know, make sure that your neighbors well, No, no. In that case, I'm going to project <laughs> it onto the side of the CNN building in Los Angeles because everybody's got to see that. Honestly, when I was when I got to to a certain scene in taking a Tiger Mountain, I my TV does face my front window and I I pulled the shade. <laughs> <laughs> if if someone's walking their dog by right now, they're going to think I'm like watching a skin flick when this is I mean this is look it's Bill Paxton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a skin flick, but it's an artsy skin flick. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to deny your neighbors the opportunity to see <laughs> Bill's Paxton? How dare you, sir? I, I've actually I was trying to find in my neighborhood just a good wall space because I have an eight millimeter projector and a sixteen millimeter projector, and I've gotten a few of these. They're like condensed eight millimeter showings of like Star Wars, but there's no sound, so it's just like they'll have title cards. It's really weird because it's like most of A New Hope has like a story, but it's only like a few bits. So it's like Ben finds Luke, Luke finds Ben, and then it just like goes on really slowly for like an entire scene. It's like wait. Could you fit more of the action and the cool stuff in there but <laughs> is it only like three minutes uh they're like or is it longer they're like eight to ten minutes so it's like the whole thing condensed down because i remember when i was in elementary school and this is when star wars was relatively new one of my classmates brought this thing into class and we got and we were always saying we're like we're gonna watch star wars and it turned out to be just this time you see darth vader for like <laughs> barely a millisecond after he kills after he kills ben and then and the doors closing on him you're like oh wait that's all you get to see it <laughs> that's exactly what it is i'll bet that's what it is that i i might i just have the running time wrong <laughs> but I, but i have one for rodan too which is awesome nice so i I've been wanting to just like run around, you know, I need to figure out the power source because I have something that can do 65 watts, but a projector can is going to take more than that. But take out my little eight millimeter projector and just like be projecting Rodan everywhere. I have a few like films where it's just like a monkey doing stuff. So like one, he's a fireman and they have like a little tiny house on fire and he just comes up in a little fire truck with a hose and he's swinging around and putting out fire. I have like a a whole series of like, it's just like chimp the aviator, chimp the fireman. (laughs) And uh, that's my, uh, that's my vice. That is, that's pretty awesome. Chimp movies on 16 millimeter. (laughs) All right, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Let's get out of here. All right. Um, We've, we've talked enough about this. So anyway. (laughs) But have we talked enough about the chimps? Because I think Jonathan yes. <laughs> has more chimp movies to talk about. So people, uh, support your mo- your movies, your theaters. Support your independent movies. Support support everybody that you that you can, and be nice. And be on the lookout for our new podcast, which is going to be purely about monkeys doing things, called yes. Chimp the Podcast. <laughs> yes. And this one is actually going to be a video podcast too. So <laughs> <laughs> because we can't just talk about that. <laughs> And if and on and uh, on your note, James, if I may quote a great American hero, be nice out there because wherever you go, there you are.
Buckaroo Banzai. All right. And on that, let's get out of here. Um, our uh, theme song is by Restless Spirit. And hey, everybody, give some love to Restless Spirit because they're the, the, main, uh, the main guy, the guitar player and vocalist, Paul, gone through a little rough time because he's also in a band, was in another band called Home Wrecker that I don't know if you follow Home Wrecker, but uh, they got caught up in some shit and uh, Paul has left Home Wrecker. I don't want to go into it right now because it's not my story to tell, but you can Google it. Um, so uh, yeah, give Restless Spirit some love because it may be Paul's main band now <laughs> again, which is awesome. Uh, it's awesome that uh, Restless Spirit may be more active. Not awesome the way that it happened. Um, our artwork is Chris Fisher. So give him some love too. He's been kind of low on the radar. I hope he's in post-production on his Rogue Bounty Star Wars fan film because I haven't heard much from him. But anyway, give him some love too. And uh, Jacob, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Davison underscore. That is at J-A-C-O-B-D-A-V-I-S-O-N underscore. And you can also find me on Instagram at uh, Jacob underscore Davison. You actually got Jacob underscore Davison instead of Jacob Davison underscore. <laughs> yeah. I've actually had Instagram for a little while. I just realized I've never mentioned it. <laughs> right, how about you, Korea? Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Korean Barbecue. That's C-O-R-R-E-I-A-N-B-B-Q. Yeah, that's about it. All right. And you could find me on Twitter at Cinema Fierite. That's uh, like Verite, but with fear. So it's F-E-A-R-I-T-E. And I also have an Instagram. Um, actually, I have two. The Cinema Fierite Instagram got hacked. And although I got it back, I don't. I can't get into it. So I'm actually at James J. Edwards on Instagram. But I don't use Instagram. So you're, you'll have better luck getting to me on uh, Twitter or uh, at the Eye on Horror Facebook page where you can get to all of us or at iHorror.com where you can get to all of us. And the Eye on Horror Twitter and Eye on Horror Instagram, we've got, we, we need to start writing this down. Guys, we, <laughs> we, listen, listeners, we figured out what social media was and we're finally like doing stuff on it. Mainly me, but you know. They, they post every now and then, too. It's not always just me. <laughs> yep. Cool. So uh, this has been a fun talk. Uh, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you on the other side. Uh, so for me, James J. Edwards. I'm Jacob Davison. And I'm Jonathan Korea. Keep your eye on horror. And wear a mask. Wear a mask.